everyone, and welcome to Cutback Colony. This is going to be a fun episode. I'm really looking forward to get into this. And you can see by the thumbnail uh, what we're going to be talking about, a little bit about the safety position. But because I'm going to go see Top Gun later, I feel the need. The need for speed. And Jimmy Ward uh, is on mic'd up for the OTAs. And he's talking about Danny Gray, about how fast he is. Him and Charverius Ward are just commenting on how fast Danny Gray is. So I thought that was a little something that was interesting that I would throw in there for sure. Uh, so fun. And what is up to everyone in chat? What's up, D-Will, Gary, and Bomber T? How's everything going? Uh, thanks so much, Bomber T. I really appreciate it. And I'm really looking forward to talking about this because there's been a lot of questions recently about the 49ers safety position. You know, who is going to start opposite of Jimmy Ward? Who's going to be that guy? And because it's mic'd up, we're getting a little bit of insight into what Jimmy Ward uh, thinks his running mate should be. And I think conventional wisdom has been that it was going to be Tarverius Ward. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry Tarverius Moore. Uh, but right now, potentially, it looks like Jimmy Ward thinks it's going to be Talanoa Hufanga. So I think that this is something that I'm excited uh, about talking about because we want to see what who's going to actually start there because that could be one of the biggest questions on the entire 49ers team, let alone their defense. Because if that spot next to Jimmy Ward is filled and filled with a player that can handle and hold his own, the 49ers have one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in the NFL. We saw last year how close they were to getting to the Super Bowl. If they were getting the ability from that other safety position opposite of Jimmy Ward, even equal to what we got from Jaquiski Tar last year, you have to believe the 49ers defense is the best in the NFL. And we don't know if Talano Hufanga can do that. We don't know if Parvarius Moore can do that. And, you know, I think that's one of the things we got to remember. And all the while I'm talking about those two guys that I'm failing to mention that George Odom has also been signed. And there's been some talk between not only the coaches, uh, but the players about who's going to start this position. And one thing we've been talking about is that it was going to be an open competition. And that's something that Coach Daniel Bullock's a safety coach, has, has brought up in his interviews that happened over the weekend. He said it's definitely an open competition. So he, he's putting it out there that, no, we're going to have guys competing. He says, we feel like we got guys in the safety position that can come in and start, that we have starter experience. They might not have been a full-time starter, but they all have started. So they feel really confident and comfortable with this safety room about the guys that they have. So, I mean, that that's something to look at. Maybe that's why the 49ers haven't reached out to Jaquiski Tart yet, uh, that they're confident with these guys. You know, I mean, and that's one thing that I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at, you know, the starting games, the, the games that people have started in the NFL. And, and we know that Tarverius Moore started eight games in the NFL, eight games in 2020 for Tarverius Moore. Uh, that's that's some experience. And that's why I've been kind of leaning towards Tarverius Moore as potentially the guy, because I thought that with him starting that many games, he would have the best opportunity to start. What I didn't know was I, we knew Hufanga started three or pretty close to three, uh, and he has. But what I didn't know was how many games that uh, Odom had started. Odom has started 10 football games in four years for the Colts. So, I mean, we do have guys with starting experience. I think that's very interesting. And I think maybe this is going to be more of a battle. You know, maybe we got to keep George Odom in this conversation. Maybe Odom needs to be that guy. But. Let's get back to the topic at hand and we'll get more into the safety position because Jimmy Ward is mic'd up and he says to Hufanga, best duo in, a ga in the game. They're the best duo in the game. So that's why we have this topic. Are the 40, do the 49ers potentially have the best safety duo 
in the game, and it seems like Jimmy Ward thinks so. Jimmy Ward thinks that's the that's what's going to happen. And so um, it's something that I, I had to think about because Hufanga is one of those guys, and we're getting a lot of really good comments about Hufanga, and there's some things that we'll go over about what, what Coach Bullock's had to say about Talano Hufanga to see if he is actually that guy. But let's talk about what we saw a little bit last year from Talano Hufanga. First off, Hufanga is one heck of a hitter and a, a very sure tackler. Number two, he feels comfortable playing around the box and can definitely operate there really well. Um, number three, he handled, I believe, a lot of tough situations the way that a pro is supposed to handle them. So I, I did like that about Tano Hufanga as well. My questions are just about the coverage. I mean, that's that's the real question I have about Hufanga. I've seen him get beat on film, seen him not recognize route concepts or not get where he was supposed to get on time. Um, but he was a rookie, so I understand those things. And I'm not going to hold those against Talano Ufanga. My question is, and has been, how much is he going to improve? This is not that much different than Aaron Banks. How much is he going to improve from what we saw last year? With Banks, you only saw it in practice. With Ufanga, he got actual game reps. So you know that he improved drastically you know, from one year to the next. And I think Ufanga, believe it or not, played better in my expectation than he did coming out of, than I thought he was going to coming out of college. I thought Talano Ufanga was going to be regulated to special teams with an occasional opportunity to get out there and play. What we saw was that there was more of a rotation of Hufanga, whether that was because Hufanga was earning that playing time by you know showing coaches what he could do in practice or by the fact that Jaquiski Tart just can't stay healthy. And I'm sure that's a motivation for the 49ers wanting to move on from Jaquiski Tart is the fact he just can't stay healthy. If Jimmy Ward was still having the injury problems that he had in previous seasons, they probably wouldn't be willing to pay him the money that they're paying. But they have some decisions to make here coming up. Jimmy Ward's, you know, working on the last year of his deal. So they're going to have to work out something there. But Hufong is an interesting guy because he's one of those ones that John Lynch uh, said was a gold helmet guy, number one. Number two, he's also a guy that people in that room said remind them of John Lynch. This is somebody that he sees in his own mold. So... I mean, when it comes down to it, maybe Talano Hufanga is the answer next to Jimmy Ward. I have believed, and I'm I've, I'm going to continue this until I see him on the field on the field that I thought Tarverius Moore was the leader in the clubhouse, that he was the guy. But Jimmy Ward is saying otherwise, and I'm not going to argue with a guy who's been going out there and playing at a Pro Bowl level for a few years um, and understands the safety position at the level that Jimmy Ward does. Now, Talano Hufanga could he have improved enough to maybe that's why Jimmy Ward thinks so. Maybe. I mean, let's let's go over some of the things um, that, that have been being said about Talano Ufonga. And uh, this is coming you know, straight from uh, Coach Bullocks. He says, the biggest difference I've seen so far is his confidence. So he feels like Talano Ufonga is getting more and more confident. With confidence breeds a lot of success and, a, and ability to make plays. So I, I like that a lot. Having that first year under his belt, that experience uh, he has, being that quarterback of the defense, getting Jimmy lined up, I seen him take a step from communication standpoint. So he's seeing Talano Ufonga step up and put people in the right positions. He's understanding what he's supposed to be doing in this defense. That's huge. That really is. I mean, the mental part of the game is, is so in, important to what you do on the field because if you can understand what you're seeing and you can be able to decipher what an offense is doing to you before the play happens, you have a chance to get there before you know, you're, you're not playing catch-up, basically. I mean, when you're waiting for something to happen, you're playing catch-up. You don't want to do that. So anytime you can have an advantage, that's big. And it appears that Tal Nohufanga 
has a distinct advantage because he's starting to understand what his responsibilities are at safety as having confidence with the verbal commands of telling people where to line up. And in this case, Bullock saying, telling Jimmy Ward where to line up. I think that's really impressive from a young player. And I like that. He says movement skills. It seems like he's, he's quicker. So that's something that's been an argument and things that people have, have talked about when it comes to town. Ufunga is how quick is this guy actually, and can this guy make all the, the plays that he needs to make? And right now it appears that he's getting better at that. Um, so he's a guy that's improving his skills. And I think that's important. Really need a guy that's going to get better and better and better. Hufanga has never struck me as a guy that wasn't going to have absolute uh, crazy work ethic. Like he just, he's that guy. He's a guy that shows leadership qualities, abilities. I really like Talon Hufanga. I think he's a, a really good character person. He's a perfect kind of player that you just want to root for. Right? I mean, I think this guy gets in the starting lineup. You're going to see a lot of number 29 jerseys floating around in Santa Clara because Hufanga is a fun player to watch. Well, I'm excited about Hufanga, but I needed to see this kind of stuff, and we're starting to hear it from Bullocks. Is this going to show up in mini camps? Is this going to show up in training camp? Can Hufanga secure this job opposite of Jimmy Ward? And I think Bullocks thinks that it's a, it's a possibility. I mean, I like that they're leaving it open. An open competition is always a good sign. And then uh, he says... Just a step faster, twitchier. Whatever he did in the offseason training, I know he trained with Troy Palomalu. It seems like it's definitely paid off. He's moving better and playing faster. I'm definitely excited about him. And what is up, Paul? Welcome to chat. I'm super excited about that part right there. Twitchier. He's moving better. He's playing faster. Those were all things that you needed to talk about when it came to Talanoa Fonga. And what's up, Sean? How's it going? It's... He needed those things to get better. He needed to get a little bit better at those areas. And, and we got a super chat coming in from Sterling Holt. One second, Sterling, I'll get to that. Is I do believe that Hufanga could be this guy now. Some of the things we're hearing, they, these are good signs. Right? We're hearing all the great things about Banks. Now we're hearing great things about Hufanga. And giving you insight into why the foreigners haven't made other moves. So Sterling Holt says, who's the standout on the offense and defense at OTAs? Um, right now, from what we're hearing... The, the standouts are, are guys like Hufanga. Hufanga's out playing great and impressing people at, on defense. He's a guy that's taking control of what's going on in the secondary. So he's a guy that all the coaches are impressed with. D'Amico Ryans has great things to say about Talano Hufanga. Jimmy Ward, great things to say about Talano Hufanga. Coach Bullock's great things about Hufanga. When it comes to offense, it's Danny Gray. Danny Gray, I know he wasn't out there today. He wasn't out there practicing but Danny Gray has been a standout on offense. He's impressing every single person with his speed. That speed is absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if anyone has seen any of this film. He's doing ridiculous things of getting down the field. Uh, Traverius Ward and Jimmy Ward knew what was coming and still struggled to cover him. That's impressive. I mean, I know it's early in the season, but that's got to give you something to be excited about. Is that speed, that lightning speed the Warriors haven't really had? I know we had it with Marquise Goodwin. Uh, Travis Benjamin, but could they do all the things that Danny Gray could do? I don't think so. So I'm really excited about that. But that's a great question, Sterling. And so, and thank you so much for the super chat. I really do appreciate that. And Paul says Jimmy sure sounded like they were going to be a pair of that sa at safety. Yeah, exactly. He did. Uh, he he did make it sound like they were going to be the pair. And I think that's how Jimmy Ward sees it. Now, Jimmy Ward and Talanoa Fonga felt really comfortable playing uh, together. Jimmy Ward thought Talanoa Fonga played seven or eight games with him at the safety position last year as a starter. That's not the case. It was only three. Uh, but Hufanga showed out in some of those games. Now, there are times to pause, and I think everyone will, but some of them are early on in the season. You go back and you watch the Green Bay game, 
you had a couple situations where you had Hufanga and Diamre Lenore on the same side, and that, that wasn't good. That didn't work out for the 49ers. There were some situations where Hufanga got beat. Hufanga's maybe a step slow. Um, and those are things that we're hearing Bullocks talk about Hufanga working on, right? So you have to give these guys opportunity to get better. So if Hufanga's a better player than he was last year, I'm feeling more and more confident. Now, the other area that we're not going to be able to measure until we get into training camp, preseason games, is going to be how is Hufanga doing in run fits? Because if you watch the 2021 film, just watch number three, Jaquiski Tart. He is absolutely fantastic in the box and run fits. I'm going to argue he's one of the best in the NFL at doing that. Hufanga, you could tell at times, we broke down some film over on Patreon, Hufanga at times would struggle in that area. It doesn't mean he doesn't have the capabilities, because he does. And I think he was figuring out the football game overall. Um, so I, I'm, I'm excited about it, and I'm looking forward to it. And Man Among Savages says everybody saw it except cutback. Um, maybe. It, maybe. Maybe we're the ones that don't see it. We'll see. It's an open competition, right? Uh, but thanks for coming through. I really appreciate it. And so I'm excited about, you know, Hufanga's potential, but he's got to continue to develop. Um, Ronnie Montoya comes in and says, hey, Ant, don't know if you touched on this, but when does news break on D4? Is he staying or getting cut? I haven't touched on it. The one thing I will say is there's no set time exactly as to when they have to make this cut. It just, the money now, it changes after June 1. So post-June 1, if you cut him, it defers that salary um, to 2023, so you don't have the cap hit this year. That's why a lot of the deals get done, you know, after that time. So that's kind of what's going on with there, with that. So um, no news right now. We'll see if something happens with D Ford. Maybe they want to wait longer and take a look at him. Uh, the the cap savings is not as big for cutting D Ford. You're going to save about one million this year, a little over two million next year. So those aren't things you have to decide and do right now. So. Um, it could be a little bit of time before we hear that, or it could happen tomorrow. We'll see. Um, but right now, there's no news on D Ford, and until you know something comes, we we don't really know what's going to ultimately happen with him. But it would appear, right? I think all signs point to D Ford not being in San Francisco in in the 2022 season because of all the edge rushers they've brought in and all the things that they've done. Uh, Mr. Corey says him and Tart were. He's just trying to hype up his teammate, and and maybe that is, you know, I mean, maybe he is just trying to hype up, you know, um, Tano Hufanga. Uh, because, you know, Tart was spectacular around the box. I mean, the run fits, setting the edge when he was asked to do that. He was able to do a lot of things in this defense that D'Amico Ryans wanted him to do. And I think that that's what you're hoping, is that one of these young guys can come up and do that. I have questions, a little bit of questions about Tarverius Moore as well, you know, in the in the secondary. Because in 2020, he didn't have the greatest um, numbers as far as in coverage. So I think that's something that, you know, he still needs to get better at. I think Ufonga still needs to improve in those areas. But I'm encouraged by, by what Daniel Bullock said. But we'll see what happens when they get into minicamp and when training camp. Uh, you know, and, and and maybe Mr. Corey's right. Maybe he's just trying to hype up his guy. Or maybe he does feel good about that. We'll see. Uh, what's up, Stovey? What's up, David V? Welcome to chat. Uh, excited to have everyone uh, loading up chat. And if you have questions, go ahead and leave them as well as we're talking about, you know, this this uh, safety position and Tauno Ufonga and Jimmy Ward calling them potentially the best duo in the NFL. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that I think every, every team wants to have the best duo in the NFL. And if they ended up being the best duo, uh, that'd be scary. Um, that, that would really be scary for everyone else. Cause he's, a, he's a pretty good football player, the Tauno Ufonga. I do want to see him improve a little bit in the run fits. And I think if he does that, and I think he can do that. Remember, when we're talking about these players, you talk about what they've done, but you also have to see the projection of what they could be. 
And so I think he could get better in that area. I've never said that I didn't think he could get better. The only questions are going to be how quickly is that going to happen? How quickly is Talon Ufonga going to get better? And is he going to be able to play opposite of Jimmy Ward and still give the 49ers the versatility that they've been using from the safety position? That was one of the things Jaquiski Tart did. He wasn't exactly just a strong safety. He had ability to cover uh, guys man-to-man. He could do that. And his hustle through the roof. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited about that. And Stovey says, heard that today. Better show it on the field and not bust. Yeah, I mean, when you hear those things, I mean, Jimmy Ward likes to talk, and I love it. I really do. I like the way Jimmy Ward uh, handles business. That's why he's one of the ones that's exciting to have mic'd up. The things he does on Twitter, kind of the way he acts and talks uh, is fun. Um, so I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, Ward is going to say some stuff. And now I'm curious to see if it's Hufonga. And I, I wonder, you know, because it's a little bit different from what his coach is saying. You know, right? Coach Bullock's saying it's an open competition. You got Ward saying it's going to be – uh, potentially Hufanga, or why else would he say best duo? Um, so sometimes these guys give you a little idea of who's the leader in the clubhouse, and and maybe it is Tanu Hufanga. Uh, Mr. Corey says, you literally can't throw deep on Ward and Tart. The second Arizona game without neither was worse than missing Garoppolo in the first Arizona game. Yeah, you know what? It is. You know what? It is. Uh, so I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, those two guys really play well together. And that chemistry that you see from them from high school – you know, all the way through, they really do understand each other. That Tartan Ward and the versatility that D'Amico Ryans was able to use them to be able to go in the box, stay deep. They could do either or. Uh, you know, Jimmy Ward could come up and cover you in the slot. And at times they would ask Tart to do the same thing. And the things they asked Tart to do in the box, setting the edge and being able to, you know, act like a fourth linebacker at times, I think a lot of times goes unrecognized because he's really good at shedding blocks and making tackles. I mean, he's really good at finding the right angles getting into the open windows and making tackles. So I think that that's something that the 49ers have to replace. And if Hufanga and Tarverius Moore could do it together, or if one of them could step up and do it entirely, I think that'd be great because then it's a little bit cheaper uh, for the 49ers because they're definitely cheaper than Tart, even though I don't think Tart's going to cost that much money. What's Tart going to cost last year? What, $1.3 million? I think you could probably get him for a pretty equivalent salary. So, I mean, he's not overly expensive, and we might ultimately see him. We'll see what happens in minicamp and how comfortable they start feeling with these guys. But really, when we get into training camp and these guys start lighting it up, uh, that'll be fun. And Ronnie Montoya says, what's your thoughts on Quintarius Knight? I like Knight a lot. You know, he's a guy that I think can play in the nickel. I think he's a nickel corner in this league. I like his height. I like his measurables. I like his instincts. And the way that Coach Bullock was talking about Hufanga looking twitchy, that's what I see from Knight. Looks like a twitchy guy, explosive athlete. I like his his natural intuition about what's going on with the game. He's, he reads things pretty well. Um, the questions with him are in the coverage game. And unfortunately, he's a cornerback, right? So he has to adjust in some of those areas. I think he's a little grabby at times, uh, which could make him susceptible to penalties in the NFL. So you don't want that. And then also, I think sometimes his eye discipline gets lost. He looks to make plays into the backfield. He looks to make you know, big-time shots around the line of scrimmage. And at times, his eyes get lost. And when that happens, he can get beat. But he's an exciting player. I really do like him a lot. And I think that um, he's a guy that's going to make some noise. I don't know if he's going to make this football team because I think it's going to be really difficult for almost any of these undrafted free agents to make this team with how stacked John Lynch has got this roster. But I do think Knight is going to open some eyes. And he might end up on the practice squad. And who knows, could be an injury away from being able to come up and help the team at some point during the season. So he's definitely somebody that I'm keeping my eye on. And somebody that when I was watching the undrafted free agents, when I broke down their film, uh, there was only two guys that I thought got star players from me. And it was it was Knight. And of course, it was Hawkins, the safety uh, from San Diego State. 
I, I liked both of them. I liked what they could do. And I think they're going to be able to compete you know, on the 49ers. I don't know if they're going to make the team, but I think they're going to be, you know, one of those ones that's uh, pushing for a spot and maybe ends up on the practice squad. And maybe we hear about him again. Who knows? But this, this roster is absolutely stacked for the 49ers. I mean, it's loaded all over the place. And another thing that came up in the secondary this week, uh, I don't know if anyone got to see Adam Rank uh, talking about the breakout star for the 49ers defense. He thinks it's going to be Ombre Thomas. And, and that caught me by a little bit of surprise with some of the things that have been going on um, with the 49ers during the offseason. I mean, Mosley we knew was coming back, but the addition of Charverius Ward seemed to signal that Ombre Thomas was going to be a backup uh, because I don't see Ombre Thomas being able to slide into the nickel spot. If they did go ahead and move in Emmanuel Mosley, then of course, right, Ombre Thomas to the outside. But then they went ahead and signed Jason Verrett as well. And, and Jason Verrett's one of those guys that can play inside and outside, has a lot of ability in that area. So uh, it, 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 made me, it made me think a little bit, like, what does Rank know? Does Rank know anything? I'm not sure, but I haven't counted out Omri Thomas because I do think he's a very talented player. And I like some of the things that they've talked about, you know, about him. And I'll read some of the comments uh, from Coach, uh, you know, Coach Underland talking about the fact that Omri Thomas, you know, missing 2020, that really hurt him and that he had to, you know, get readjusted to the game again. And I think that's what he's going to do. I think he's going to readjust to the game and he's going to have to go out there and compete. Um, but I just don't know if he can start because signing Charverius Ward was a big signal of the four years for going in on the secondary. Uh, spending at that, at that corner position, they now have a big-time corner opposite of Mosley, who had his best season as a pro. So I think you guys, you got two guys going kind of at the top of their game right now. And then you throw in Jason Frett, who, when healthy, can play at a Pro Bowl level and maybe more talented than both of them. I think it's I think it's exciting. You know, I think you can get excited about the the cornerback position and Omri Thomas adds to that cornerback position. So I, I do kind of like um having both of those guys there. And then we got um Mr. Corey says I think they're they're uh, pissed that Tarts drop. No way he makes that interception, but he's not resigned by now, unless they're waiting to clear Garoppolo's money to resign him. It could hinge on Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh Jimmy Garoppolo's money could be preventing the 49ers from making some moves. I do think the 49ers you know, don't want uh, to potentially bring in some guys unless they until they find out some things like about Alex Mack, you know, what they're going to do with D Ford. I think there are so, still some lingering questions that need to be answered by the 49ers during this offseason. Jimmy Garoppolo, of course, is the biggest one because it has $25.2 million worth of implications. That's how much money they would free up. Uh, I know last night Alex said that he would keep a lot of that money, you know, free and available, and they could do that. I think that there would be money, though, to go out and spend. There's still some good players out there in free agency, you know, that we all know are available. And, you know, could that spark talk about Julio Jones? Maybe. Um, but maybe a J.C. Treader, if Alex Mack decides to retire, of course, Mack retiring frees up the 49ers $5.5 million. Well, they could use some of that on Treader. So I think there's going to be some fi financial um, wiggle room for the 49ers if they decide to move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Whenever that is, according to Kyle Shanahan, they still think um, that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be traded, but he said, you never know. And then Ronnie Montoya says, would you play Brett at the nickel or would you want him outside? The way I would approach it with him and Emmanuel Mosley, because I believe Traverius Ward is the only lock on the outside. I think with Mosley and Brett, I'd have him come in and compete, let him battle it out. And then whoever won the job on the outside would play outside and whoever lost would move to the nickel because I think that both of them are equipped to play in the nickel. I think Jason Fred is actually more equipped to play nickel, but you want your two best corners on the outside. That's just usually the way you handle it. Now, could you play some games because those guys have a lot of versatility and be able to move one of those corners in on a certain wide receiver? Yeah, they could. You know, for instance, if you're going against Cooper Cup, maybe you want Jason Verrett 
you know, manning him when he, they're on the same side and he goes inside. You could just do a little switch there. Uh, I think those are things you can do. We saw Robert Sala toy with that a little bit in 2020 with Jason Verrett. You would see a motion to the inside from outside, and you would see Verrett travel with that guy and even play in the slot position at that time. I think those are some things that they could do that would also free up the defense to have even more versatility. We have guys that can play inside and out and really match up like that. Uh, because of Jimmy Ward's ability to cover, it really does give you a lot of versatility in your secondary to be able to cover a bunch of guys. So I think that's how they would handle it, but I don't know that for sure. And it could be that they do see Jason Brett potentially being that nickel corner. And if they do, I would be excited about Brett being there. I would love to see Brett coming on a blitz. And Brett is a very good tackler, very physical at the point of attack. So I think he could do a really good job of, of replacing K1 Williams. And if he's fully healthy, um, I think he can handle those deep fade patterns that they've been getting beat with so, so much. Uh, but they have other guys too. You know, they have other guys on this roster that they believe can go ahead and get it done. And Darquest Denard is definitely somebody. Dante Johnson, we don't know what we're going to see from Diameter Lenore yet or Samuel Womack. Uh, we, we saw Lenore playing on the outside last year. But playing in the nickel, he really struggled in the limited snaps that he took. But I think there's still some, some questions there. But what I like is how much talent we have at the cornerback position. Because really, when you look at the previous couple of years, uh, it wasn't there. And then uh, Paul says, Mosley seems to miss a couple. Mosley seems to miss a couple of games each year due to injury. So if Aubrey Thomas can be there, he can just slide in. Yeah, that's one of the reasons you have to have depth at all your key positions. I mean, that's the same right with the tight end position. You need to make sure you're you're ready to go in case George Kittle misses games, which he does. You have to have guys in the wide receiver position in case Debo Samuel misses a game or two, which he does. I, I think this is just something the Niners have to continually work on. You know, not to mention Trent Williams. He misses games. This Trent Williams is the, the best NFL offensive lineman in the entire league. But it's you know he's going to miss a couple games, and that's understandable. It's a war of attrition out there. Um, so I think that there's going to be opportunities for other guys to step up and play you know, in those in those situations, and the 49ers are doing a good job of making sure they have the depth in case that happens. The, the team that doesn't have that kind of depth is like the Rams. They have one of their big-time stars go down. They're in a lot of trouble. And so I think it's just a different philosophy of how you're building the team. You know, Draft and develop is something the Niners have done. Bring back their guys and then sign and trade for key players in free agency. I think they've done a good job, but there's still some more things that need to happen there. Uh, Sean says Pittsburgh, Seattle, Carolina would be good uh, for for the Jimmy G trade. I think those are those are names that are possibilities. I don't think Pittsburgh anymore after drafting a quarterback. I don't think the Foreigners would trade Jimmy Garoppolo to Seattle unless Seattle blew their socks off. I think Carolina, New York uh, are two that are possibilities. And depending on what Jameis Winston health wise does in New Orleans. Uh, that could be one. But I think if the 49ers had their choice, they would want to send him to Carolina or the New York Giants. It, it, the ultimate choice would be AFC. I just don't see a team in the AFC right now that's going to want a quarterback. So uh, Mr. Corey says, because what would make them comfortable with Hufanga, who can't cover, Odom, who started 10 games in four years, or Moore, who's coming off a torn Achilles, or Tart initially asked for too much money? I'm sure Tart initially asked for too much money. Of course. I mean, you always put a higher value on it than that. Because when negotiations... You want to start with a big number. They want to start with a low number, and you're trying to meet in the middle. So I, I guarantee he did that. I think now, though, the market has dictated, right, that he's not worth whatever he thought he was worth. But I do think that, you know, Art is somebody that still has a lot of value. And if you can sign him cheap just to come in and compete, why not? What's the worst thing that happens? He comes in and, and beats these guys out. If he doesn't, then you have a very capable backup behind him. You know, I mean, I'm not going to argue, you know, with them bringing him in and him end up being the fourth safety. That's good for the 49ers. That's ultimate depth. 
I love that move. But the cost has to be right. And it does, they do need to free up some money. Uh, so I think that when it comes down to it right now, I don't know if these guys are better than Tart. And there's going to be no way to know until we see him in training camp in the in the preseason. But, I mean, I wouldn't think so. He's a guy with a lot of ability and a guy that's played a lot of snaps in this league. But could they be better than Tart eventually? Sure. I think they could. But we'll see if that happens. They both got to stay healthy. And, and with Tauta Ufanga, I'm curious how much of improvement he's had you know, going ahead and, and working with uh, Palomalu. If he's had a lot of improvement, that's great. I would love for Tauta Ufanga to step up and be the guy. I, I'm, I'm never going to hate on a guy for coming in and getting better. That would be awesome. Uh, Sean says, I placed the best cornerback match uh, per wide receiver. It doesn't matter if it's JV, Mosley, Womack, uh, Diamond, Lenore. Yeah, I mean, if you're wanting to run matchups like that, you can do that. You know, I think that that's something that you can go ahead and, and do. And that's not exactly how D'Amico Ryan's one runs defense. He doesn't have guys normally travel. Um, but I do think that's why they got, you know, Charvarius Ward. So he could take away a guy if you needed him to. Uh, the 49ers definitely put a priority on making sure the back end of this defense, especially the cornerback position, got better to help out the front line. I think the front seven is the best front seven in the NFL if if Ken Law is able to play to the abilities that he has. He has a lot of ability. He's just been hindered by injury. That's one thing that's held him back. And if he's healthy, uh, good luck. Because moving to the nose tackle position, he's going to be playing next to Eric Armstead. And that's the best player he's ever played on the inside next to. So that's going to be exciting to watch on the interior. And then, you know, Samson Ebicom got so much better during the year. Three and a half sacks in the last five games is impressive. And I think he's got a lot of ability to be able to do all kinds of stuff opposite of Nick Bosa. So they have a lot of talent there. So I'm excited. I'm excited about this team. I'm excited about you know, the safety position because I think the safety position is just going to get better and better. Um, but when it comes to Jason Brett, there's some people that are starting to write Jason Brett off. But Coach Underlin is not writing him off. He, he thinks Jason Verrett is, is going to be making an impact on this team. And Jason Verrett, in fact, is already making an impact on this team, even though he's not on the field. He's still recovering from the ACL. But Coach Underland said he's involved. He's interacting. He's, he's talking to us as if he's going out there and he's playing every single down. Huge positive for me as a coach. For us as a coaching staff to have the type of leadership and knowledge, especially for the young guys and even for a guy like Mooney. And Mooney is the nickname that they gave to uh, Charvarius Ward. If you hear anyone talking about Mooney, that's who that is. So right now, that's something Jason Brett's bringing. And Brett I, apparently was uh, possibly considering retirement. And he came back. And now he's coming into that room. And he's trying to help these other guys get better. And he's doing a good job. So I like that about Jason Brett. Now, I'll admit, I'm a Jason Brett guy. I, I just really like Jason Brett. He's a guy that I want to see be successful. I think it sucks how many times he's suffered injuries. And, and the fact that he just keeps coming back, I think is an impressive um, show of resolve from him. So I hope he does a really good job because I, I do really like Jason Brett a lot. And then Coach Underland said he's played a lot of ball. So to see that type of relationship between those two guys come together, it's really cool. It's nice. Uh, so he's seeing chemistry between Jason Brett and other players on the 49ers team. And we know Jason Brett went to the game with Debo Samuel, the Warriors game. You know, Verrett is well-liked and a, a big-time captain in this team. Whenever you're losing leadership in your locker room, potentially with Jimmy Jimmy Garoppolo moving on, there has to be guys that can replace that. And when you have Jimmy Ward, uh, Jason Verrett, you know, Trent Williams, and, and those guys, George Kittle, Fred Warner, you have guys that can definitely step up and take over that. And I, I love that Verrett is going to be that guy and hopefully help bridge the gap of leadership for Charvarius Ward to be able to eventually take over. Because when you make that much money, you're, you're going to be going to be that guy. 
Uh, Mr. Corey says, I actually would love if Ufanga got better and could cover because he seems to be bigger playmaker than Tart, but I can't see how they would know that at this point. It all depends on what development we saw and what development they believe they've saw in the offseason. We know that there was development during the season. Talon Ufanga definitely got better during the season because there were times in the, in the NFC Championship game um, and even against the Packers that he was out there in the divisional round and he was playing and he did a really good job. So I think that, you know, Hufanga showed improvement in the way that he was able to decipher what offenses were doing, figure out where he was supposed to be. I thought he did a great job. The the thing is, he's just still not Tart, but Tart's been in the league for, what, seven, eight years? I mean, it's been a long time for Tart. Tart's a good football player, a seasoned guy who's seen a lot of football. Hufanga uh, is going to get that through experience. So I think Hufanga got better. The question is, how much better? And is he at the level now where he replaces a whiskey Tart? That's going to be the question. But at some point, we're going to find out. And, and I'm really excited to, to watch the safety position in preseason. I think it's going to be fun. Underland detailed how Vret uh, spends every moment with the group when he is not rehabbing his knee. Coach added that Vret's level of involvement would never think that he's already playing. Um, so that's, that's what the one thing that his level of involvement, even while he's not on the field, uh, just is going on to show everyone how much um, you know, he's he's staying involved in this team. And we saw him last year, even when he was injured, being around the team, you know, getting the chain that, that, that Debo was sporting on the sideline, the playmaker chain. It's something that is really nice to see. And, and that's that's an added element of Jason Brett bringing on this roster that I'm really excited about. And I'm excited about the safety position uh, because I, I think that there's potential. And I know a lot of people are really excited to see what Leon O'Neill can do. That's another guy we didn't talk about at the safety position, but they did sign two undrafted free agents and Taylor Hawkins out of San Diego State and Leon O'Neill out of Texas A&M. Both guys are, are really good football players. I think uh, Taylor Hawkins has a little bit more versatility in the more of a free safety type of mold, where Leon O'Neill is your absolute thumper that can come up and, and do it in the box. And I know a lot of people really like Leon O'Neill. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind, of, uh, kind of excited to see what he can do as well, and he looks like he's enjoying it. Um, so Paul says Rexius seems to be a solid teammate. I don't know exactly who Rexius is, uh, Paul, but um, I, I think there's a lot of really good teammates on this team. I really do. I think the Foreigners have a, a really good uh, group in the locker room, and I'm excited about it. And could they potentially – oh, Verrett, thank you. Uh, yeah, Paul, exactly. Verrett is a very good uh, person. He's a good teammate. I think a lot of people really, really enjoy him. And I'm really excited about the safety position. Could it be the best duo in the NFL? Only time's gonna, only time can tell. We're not sure yet if it's gonna be, uh, you know, Talano Fonga. If it's gonna be Tarverius Moore, you know, could it be George Odom? Or maybe it's one of these undrafted free agents. I don't think it's gonna be an undrafted free agent. I do think it's gonna be Tarverius Moore or Talano Fonga. I think that's something that is gonna be the battle to watch. It's gonna be one of the key training camp battles. That's gonna be exciting to see. Um, I'm getting ready to tone this down, but I really enjoyed this episode. I had so much fun interacting with everyone on chat. If you have any last question, I'll answer a couple more questions before I go. If not, I'll sign off. Uh, and I hope everyone has really been enjoying their week. We're all ready to Wednesday. And that means tomorrow we're going to have a really cool uh, Q&A show. We're going to go over the news and things that have happened out of OTAs and talk about you know, what that means for the 49ers as we move ever so closely to mandatory mini camps and potentially find out is Alex Mack going to be there? Is Debo Samuel going to be there? All that's going to be coming up soon. But make sure you join me and Alex tomorrow at 5 p.m. We can talk about all that. And then, of course, this weekend, uh, there'll be a new episode of Slightly Offsides with me and Horse uh, that'll be debuting on Patreon. So hopefully everyone can 
and check that out. That'll be a lot of fun. And, and there's going to be something new that drops on Patreon this week as well. So if you have Patreon, uh, there's going to be something new. It's going to be fun. It's, it's, it's going to be a little bit funny, a little bit different than anything we've done. I'm excited about it. So everyone uh, be on the lookout for things on Patreon. If you're a, a you know patron, uh, check those out. And then I'll even put most of them for our channel members as well. Uh, so you guys can check them out and see what's happening over on Patreon. It's going to be an exciting time, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Uh, and uh, Mr. Corey says it will be Tart Opening Day. I like I like the confidence, Mr. Corey. I really do. Uh, I'm 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 digging that for sure. And uh, Paul says thanks for the enjoyment. And of course, Paul always enjoy interacting with you. I had so much fun talking to you at the draft party, and I'm always uh, excited to see you come through chat. And uh, D Will says good show. Thanks. Really appreciate D Will. Thank you. And uh, guys, I really had a good time. I hope everyone has a good night tonight. I know I'm going to. I'm going to go check out Top Gun 2. So I'm sure we can talk about that tomorrow. In fact, I'm going to go watch Top Gun 2 with Alex. Well, and some other people. But Alex will be there. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, thanks, everyone, for coming through. I hope you guys... Oh, wait. We did have one question. I'm going to read this one. Um, Justin under the gun, Ronnie. Do you think Harry Hyder makes a squad? Depends on injuries. That's how I'm going to say it. It depends on injuries. If injuries happen, Kerry Hyder has a better chance. But Kerry Hyder's a good football player. This team is just crazy talented. I think the addition of Drake Jackson could have potentially put Kerry Hyder on the outside looking in. But let's see. And, and what's up, Freddie Mac Dre? Uh, thanks for coming through. He's at the biker bar. Well, enjoy it, Freddie Mac Dre. Have a good night. Everyone else, have a good night. Thank you so much. I had a good time. I'll see you tomorrow night. I'm out.